0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have the incredible winning coach, Tom Allen, head coach of Indiana University. And we're gonna talk about courage and being a Leo and how to truly chase your prey. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I have an incredible guest, the head coach of the striving and thriving Indiana University football program, Tom Allen, welcome to The Playbook. Dave, great to be here with you. Oh my goodness. Well, I have done my due diligence on this one and I can tell you that I haven't been this excited to do an interview because you sing my song and you walk the walk and talk the talk about empowering others and elevating others to elevate yourself. And along the way, you just happen to keep winning football games Mm -hmm. ever since you started coaching in high school uh, and you just keep winning. How much do you think that your attitude in uh, your mindset have to do with winning on the football field
1: well you know i think there there's a pattern has been developed you know over time you know that you're able to see you know we've been to 11 different schools over the years uh, both high school and college and eight of those 11 schools had losing seasons the year before we got there and uh, so not necessarily by design it's just kind of the way it's worked out you know but those opportunities were there and then i just think you, you go into those places and 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 you you be who you are, and I and I believe in in building relationships with people, and I believe, I just think it's about people, and it's about uh, them, you know, learning how to believe in themselves and empowering them to do that. Because all those places that I went to that had been struggling, there was a lot of uh, you know non-confidence and a lot of just poor you know belief in myself and the system or the program or whatever it happens to be and the way you do things on a daily basis so there's no question and there's a lot of energy that i bring that's just me and once again it just goes back to me being me on a consistent basis and and just believing that if, if we pull together and we do things as a team and we do things for each other then we can accomplish great things together and and that's kind of been the, the constant thing is that uh, we've been fortunate to all those places be able to create change and and uh, be able to to do some awesome things at those places and win a lot of games along the way. So, but it all starts with relationships and people.
0: Yeah, and your career has really uh, based itself on striving to be the best that you can be, uh, whether you were a player in Division Three, mm-hmm. all the way to being a high school coach, Division Three coach, all the way through to, you know, one of the top programs, in uh, ranked top program now, you know, in all of college football. Let alone, you know, in the Big Ten, which is something to be said, because your, you know, original objective was to be a coordinator in the Big Ten. Let alone the head coach of the most powerful team in the Big Ten, as they'll probably see this year. But you had a motto that you know I was curious about the Leo motto, uh, and it, you know is plastered all over here in, in Indiana. You know what is the Leo motto, and what is it all about?
1: Well, you know, just over time, you know, this is actually going to be my 30th season coming up. So uh, I've uh, I've, you're uh, aging us. Stop, stop. You're (laughs) aging us. I know it's crazy. (laughs) I can't even believe it myself. But but over that time, I just felt like that that I was never part of a team that was special or that a team that was great that didn't love each other. And and so as I started coaching longer and got into college coaching um i just started really using that phrase and so i took it from scripture john 15 12 it says it just it commands us to love each other and the way we were first loved by him and so um i'm always a big guy and trying to create a way to remember something or you know keep in our guys minds and and so i just made it l-e-o and when i first got the job here i i wrote those are the first letters i i wrote on the board in our defensive meeting as the dc in 2016 l period, E, period, O, period. I said to the team, do you guys know what those three letters represent? And they didn't know. And I didn't expect it to. And I said, it stands for love, each other. And, you know, there wasn't like some standing ovation. I mean, they were all thinking, yeah. what the world has that got to do with football? You know, and I knew it. I said, guys, I know what you're thinking. But I said, you're going to learn that. And in time, you're going to recognize that this is going to be the difference because it's about relationships. It's about letting them know that you believe in them and that you want to help them become a special individual. You want them to become the man they were created to be. You want them to become a a high character young man that can make great choices in this life to create a future for themselves. And so when they know you care more about them as a person than what they can do for you as a player, I think that's the game changer. And that just doesn't happen by just getting up on the front of a room and writing three letters on the board. It happens by building relationships and taking the time to get to know them. And help them develop those qualities that they're going to need to be great in this life. So it to me is a tremendously valuable tool. That's our culture here. It stands for it's LEO. It stands for love each other, and, and we believe in it.
0: And under the guise of loving each other, one of the things that I found in working with you know younger people, college students, for example, you know is that it's difficult to have them understand that in order to love each other, there's one person that you have to learn, and a lot of. You know we've dated ourselves with the 30 years of experience that we have, um, but it's become more difficult to love ourselves, you know there's so many different things out there that are causing you know false interpretations and interference and perceptions of you know being able to truly feel confident in ourselves and to believe. I know we talked about this previously, believe in ourselves. You can't believe in yourself if you don't love yourself. But it's not arrogance or ego. It's true, truly being a good person with character, discipline. You know, for you, how have you been able to communicate that part of loving each other is we have to have self-respect and discipline and consistent behavior?
1: Well, you know, I I like to say it like this. You know, before there's a reality, there's a mentality. And if you don't believe in, in yourself, why should anybody else? And so it does. It starts with an internal belief in who you are and knowing your purpose and knowing who you are and and why you're here. And so we talk a lot in our program about your why. We talk about your purpose. You know, what it is, people always ask me about, you know, the energy I coach with. I said, well, you know what? That's an outgrowth of me believing with my whole heart that I was created to be a coach and that I have found my purpose in this life. And because of that, it creates passion and energy within me. And it's no different for these guys. And so I want them to know that their value has nothing to do with the plays that they make. That's their, their performance has nothing to do with the way I treat them and value them. Well, you know what? I can say that, but I better match it up with my actions. And so I think that's a huge part in them being confident in who they are and believing who they are and loving themselves, because you know what? They're loved unconditionally by somebody else. And so I'm telling you, some guys will sit there and tell the coach, I've never been loved unconditionally. They've never felt that love. And, and that's a, that's a sad thing, but it's also a reality of how they've been raised. And so I think that's a critical part of this. And they 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 experience that in this book. Because I'm going to love you regardless of how good a football player you are. You know, Some guys come to college and they exceed their expectations that they're supposed to be as a player. And sometimes they never live up to those. And, and it crushes some guys because that's that's their identity. That's the one thing they've been good at their whole lives was was the sport. And so we got to try and find out who am I outside of football? And and if I don't know who I am outside of football, man, I'm telling you, you're in for a, a rough road ahead. And so that's what we dive into.
0: And you know, coming into this program, uh, it wasn't the powerhouse that it is today in the Big Ten. Uh, and there was lots of different challenges that you face. But what's the biggest challenge that you have as a coach? Uh, is it with? you know, alumni, schools, administration, bureaucracy, player motivation. What's the biggest challenge that you face because you face a lot of challenges to create such a winning program?
1: Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing that, that comes to mind is perception. You know, we get judged based on our past. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's part of it. You know, I have a, a, on my desk, I have a, a phrase that says the buck stops here. And so when a young man sits across from me, he sees that phrase. And we talk about you got to own your past, you know. So I say in this program, when I got here as a D.C., I had to own the past. Even though I wasn't here as a coach before 2016, I had to own it. Because when I step in somebody's home and talk about Indiana football, oftentimes they'll kind of, you know, have a perception about Indiana football from what we've done in the past. And so overcoming that, you know, it's actually changing, you know, slowly here. Uh, and now we've got to the point where some people, know that we recruit they've only seen indiana if you focus if your kid is a sophomore or junior in high school in these last couple years you've seen a different indiana than maybe you would have seen five six years ago and so then but beyond that you know in their lifetime they've not seen indiana football be at a high level and so that creates a lot of challenges because people often like you know that's the you know perception is reality to them and that they just know they think a certain thing when they when they think of indiana they think about basketball they don't think about football. And I hear that all the time. And because I always ask you this, hey, what's your perception of Indiana football? And because uh, I, I want to know kind of what I'm dealing with and where, where their thought process is. So that's probably a big thing. But I tell you what, you know, our administration is, is all in. And that's a big reason why I came here. And we're changing things in facilities. And we're changing a lot of things in support for our, our coaches and in everything that we do here. So that's exciting. And uh, But, yeah, we, we play in the Big Ten East. So that's a challenge. You know, our schedule, every year it comes out, we got the most, you know one of the top 10 most difficult schedules in the country every single year and that's never gonna change and so that's that's the reality of where we are and so that's tough you know we're playing against a lot of great programs that have won if you look at the top 10 winningest programs in the history of college football three of them are in the big 10 and so you know and, and we're not one of them and, and so to me that's that's a challenge that you deal with but you know what as I always say hey when it's third and seven nobody cares nobody cares what your budget is, nobody cares, you know, what your history was, nobody cares what you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's who's going to step up and make a play today on this team playing for the Indiana Hoosiers. So that's how we approach it.
0: You know, and I'm going to send you a new sign for your desk. It's going to say the Buckeyes stop here. And uh, that's what Indiana is going to do and change the history uh, today, which is great. Now, uh, one of the other things that's necessary in playing in the East there uh is that more than ever consistency is always important and you know the more consistent we are the greater we'll perform but when you're facing you know the best teams every week you know and i'm i'm biased towards the big 10. i always say that you know if you know those three top teams in the big 10 would play the schedules of some of the southern counterparts uh, and who they get you know a couple weeks off make a difference Uh, but What is it like to have to be so consistent and at the top of your game week after week, because everyone knows, you know, all it takes is one loss to change the history of a season. Uh, And, you know, when you're playing the best teams every week, and I think even it's easy to get up with the best teams in the big 10, but the scary thing is to go against, you know, an Illinois or Northwestern or, you know, whoever it is where you may not think, you know, they're a, a, a great team, but you know, man, the talent at the bottom is better than in the other division. I think it makes it even more difficult. How do you get that team up every single week to face the challenges that they have?
1: Well, I think you have to establish a mindset where we play to a certain standard. And it doesn't matter who we play. And and just even coming to Indiana, uh, you know, even though we hadn't had a lot of success in the past, we did have a history of playing up to our rival games or, uh, you know, when we played Ohio State and Michigan, we'd play them tough, you know, at least for a while. And uh, and then would play a team that maybe we were either supposed to beat or was more equally balanced with talent wise. And we would not perform well at all. And we were just flat. You know, I'm like, that can't be that way. So, you know, it doesn't matter who you play it's a standard, how you gonna play. And that to me is the key. And so ever since I've been here, you know, I'm all about consistent performance. I think that's the key to being great in, in, in so many areas of our life. And so I talk about embracing the boredom of consistency. And that's a powerful phrase. It's a powerful phrase because most can't do that. They, they do, they get bored, they get decisions they get discouraged, they get whatever as time elapses and, and they and they they fall off. And so if you want to be great and you want to be able to play this kind of schedule, and so I love having this kind of schedule because you know what? The schedule pulls it out of us. We got no choice because, like you said, I don't care who they are in the Big Ten, they're all good enough to beat you. And and we don't have the luxury of having of letting up. And so those regular season, those 12 games, of regular season, we got 12 Saturdays and we got to be at our best every single Saturday. And you may not be on an emotional high every single week because you only have so many emotional responses, I think, in your body, but you have to be consistently playing at that level of how you focus, and how you perform. And so once again, it's just more about the standard that we set and playing to that standard and not letting the, the, the opponent dictate how well we play or how focused we are as a team.
0: And you know you and I belong to a club there's optimists out there, but you know, after getting to know you you're a top optimist. you're the top of, of the optimist and being able to share that optimism. Obviously helps to facilitate you know people to pursue their potential, but it also can be a detriment, I know personally in business because people are human and people have down days. And sure. there's a few people that aren't born with the happy gene, the optimistic, top, optimistic gene that we're born with. Um, and I'd love to know just personally in, in managing businesses, you know, how do you elevate somebody that may have a more negative perspective or doesn't necessarily carry the top attitude because you're bound to get a few players in your program or coaches or someone that may not always be the top to that you are, how do you deal with the negative energy or a negative perspective uh, as the head coach?
1: Well, I think first of all, you, you want to attract both coaches and players that fit with you. And that doesn't mean that they're all like you, but it means that they all believe in the things that you believe in. And what's important to them is important to you because if that's not aligned in, in, in place, then you're, you're in trouble. And so th- then you're pulling guys. And I always say this, I, I, I will motivate you. I will challenge you. I will lead you, but I can't pull you. Because if I have to pull you, that means you, you want to go that way, and I want you to go this way. And so it's about getting the right people, I think, number one. But then, you, like I said, there's going to be some personalities that are different, both coaches and players on our team. And I think the thing for me is it's still relation, relationship-driven, and it's me challenging them because I believe so strongly that it, it's, the, it's our mindset. It, it's how we think every day. It's not how you're feeling. It's how you're thinking every single day. So I don't ask our team, how you feeling today, guys? No, I'm tell, I ask them, how you thinking today? Because who controls those thoughts? I do, and you do. And since I can control them, then I can choose to have a positive attitude. I can choose to bring energy today. I can choose to be focused. Kay? None of those things take any talent whatsoever. And we focus on those things. And since it's a choice, I'm going to confront you. I'm going to challenge. You, I'm going to encourage you. Okay. But I'm going to tell you the truth. When you when you got a certain look on your face, I'm going to pull you aside, and talk to you about it. Okay. I'm not going to let it just slip. Okay. I'm going to tell them because because my you know, demeanor and my mindset and my energy that affects the whole group, just like it does on our football team. And so we got to have leaders that understand that. And so to me, it's about one on one time. And I spend a lot of one on one time with our players because I want them to know that that I care about. them. And I can't just do that if I don't know them and I don't know what they what their personalities are and what you know makes them, you know, tick or what they what they value or don't value. So to me, I think it's relationships. I think it's, it's confronting guys, but it's also, it's a choice. And you choose to have a certain attitude mindset every single day. You
0: know, one of the things uh, is recruiting talent, uh, not just in the sports realm, but especially now in the business world because of the shortage uh, there is of talent, um, especially through the pandemic. And I'm always looking for what I call the perfect blend of that mindset with desire and yeah. with talent, like skill where's your perfect blend if you're looking at a player what blend percentage wise would you like to see you know I like to see you know the top 30% in mind this amount in you know where's that blend for you of of importance but you know I know you need all three but what do you look at
1: yeah you know I I don't know that I've ever thought of it percentage wise but I will say this that uh, I'm going to err on the side of of the mindset and the character uh, above the talent Um, because I, I think that Um, And and I call that fit. It's guys that fit with us, you know, and and I I will take the fit over a talented guy that that has all this talent, doesn't fit with us or all this talent and doesn't have good character. And it doesn't mean he's a a bad person. It just means that he um, will not respond to what I will motivate him with. And and if you're not aligned with us, you won't because the things that I value and I spend over half the time talking about as a coach. You, if, if that's not important to you, you won't be listening. So I won't be able to, to pull, the, you know, and, and motivate and really just help you become at a higher level. So so I just would stand out. But don't get me wrong. I mean, we we got to have players that have talent. I get that, you know. And so we 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 try to focus on the things and recruit the things that we can't change. You know, if you want a certain position to have longer guys there or taller guys, then recruit guys there that are, have good length and fit with you you need a certain speed at certain positions, then find the guys that have that kind of speed at that position that fit with you. And we got a whole country full of guys that, that we're going out to, to look for. And we got a, a, I believe a university that has a national brand and allows, that's one reason why when I came to Indiana, I felt like we had a chance to be able to create, even though maybe that brand was associated with basketball more than it was football, it was still a brand that, Hey, they're in the big Ten And they got an opportunity to go get, get a world-class education in the place that's going to play on, on TV every single Saturday. You know, and so but to me, I just still feel like there are certain things we're looking for. But if the talent supersedes the fit and the character, I I think you're going to get in trouble.
0: I'll tell you, I don't think anyone has a stronger mindset or heart set than I have. But, you know, good thing for Indiana. Nobody looks like me on your team. And uh, I mean, mean that as a big compliment. Now, uh, coming into this big season ranked, uh, you know, as a huge supporter of the program myself, what would be the one word? that you think uh, would represent the, the 2021 season? Is there a word that you can come up?
1: Well, you know, I'm a one word guy, and I you know, study John Gordon's one word book, and our one word for 2021 is chase. And, and that word was picked for a reason. And, uh, and, to, and to me, it's an earnest or frenzied seeking after something desired. That's the definition for the word chase. And so every year I come up with the one word that I feel that team needs for that upcoming season. And I pick it after we get done with the bowl game and everything just transitioning before the players come back for for January session and ready to be back in the weight room and so but that whole earnest or frenzy seeking after something desired is a powerful thing. So our, our very first meeting I put that definition on the on the uh, on the overhead, you know, in the PowerPoint. And so that word earnest is just a is a con, intense conviction And then frenzied is a fiery passion. So we're talking about a whole nother mental, you know, when you think of that word chase, I'm not talking about playing, you know, chase in the backyard when you're a kid. I'm talking about a starving lion chasing after it's prey. That's what I want our guys. And I told them that that's what I envision. That's how you have to chase after greatness every single day. So here's what I did. met with our guys and I said, okay, I want you to have in three areas, personally, academically, and physically, which is the football piece. I want you to give me three things. So that's nine total things that you're going to chase greatness with in your life. Met with them individually, one-on-one. The position coaches knew what those were. And, and now we hold them accountable for those nine things all spring and all summer long. And so to me, that's how we were going to take this program from having a really good season in 2020 to try to continue to build this program. Today, it's going to be hard. We're actually going to be better in 2021 just because we had a good season in 2020, got a lot of guys back, got a lot of energy, got a lot of excitement for the program. That's wonderful. That doesn't win us any games in 2021. Nothing, okay? And so and we got a brutal schedule we got to play. But you know what? We are got to play one at a time. So that's all we focus on. And focus on the things that you can control. But we're chasing after greatness every single day here at Indiana in 2021.
0: And I love it. And uh, I am chasing my friend, John Gordon, all over the college programs because he has impacted so many different coaches and players through his years. Just an extraordinary uh, leader in uh, an inspiration to me, a big friend uh, in a men's group with him. But I will give you my definition of that word. Hopefully it's applicable, but I believe it chases to be able to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, Pursuit of your potential wow. and if you can collectively as a consciousness create a team full of people enjoying the consistent persistent pursuit of their potential. It's going to be a hell of a season for Indiana, which I'm sure it will be I even got my uh, right hand man uh, who went to Michigan saying I hope you beat us so you must have some sort of magic spell in it. let's keep the magic going. Tom Allen head coach at Indiana University and an incredible human being. Thank you so much for developing our youth into being leaders, uh, which is most important. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite
1: episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.